0: Kings chapter number 4 and verse number 17. If you found it, say amen. Amen. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons, to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go Borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors. Even empty vessels, borrow not a few. When thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shalt pour into all those vessels. And thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons and brought the vessels to her and she poured out and it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son bring me yet a vessel and he said unto her there is not a vessel more in the oil stayed then she came And told the man of God and he said go sell the oil and pay thy debt and live thou and thy children of the rest. Such a powerful story of God working a miracle on behalf of a family. One of the challenges of preaching on a holiday like Mother's Day and non-mothers kind of check out when you start preaching. Though I'm focusing on mothers today, what I'm preaching goes for everyone. And I feel like God wants to do something in this place this morning. I want to preach on the qualities of a godly mother. Qualities of a godly mother. Lord, I thank you For your presence, for your people, for your anointing. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for this day and for every mother that is here, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would grant them strength and wisdom and direction and mercy. Lord, I ask you, God, by the authority of your word and by the power of your holy name, I ask you, God, to move in this place and to have your way. In the name of Jesus, accomplish your purpose. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a good hand clap of praise. (laughs) Amen. And you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I will tell you this morning that the number one job of parents is to raise their children to be disciples of Jesus Christ. My oldest daughter is going to graduate high school tonight. The night she was born, Sister Kathy, I held her in my hands at that hospital and I cried thinking about this day. I want my children to be successful academically. I want my children to be successful in finances. I want my children to find good husbands, have nice homes, reliable cars, and good jobs. But my primary goal, my overarching calling in life is to make them good disciples of Jesus Christ. If they drive a BMW but never come to the prayer room, I'm a failure as a father. If they're successful in business but never win a soul, I have failed. I didn't get a lot of amens there. Don't have to say amen for it to be true, but it's good if you say amen when it is. If they're good at hobbies but never worship, I'm a failure. My primary role in life, my highest calling is to produce two disciples who are genuinely, fully, and faithfully involved in being disciples and making disciples. The measure of my success as a parent will be reflected in how my children serve Jesus Christ. That is why today, Mother's Day 2023, is such an important day. As I've already said, I'm thankful for every godly mother who teaches and trains their children to live and to truly be disciples of Jesus Christ. Not to be bitter, vindictive, hateful, not to be lazy, uninvolved, disconnected Christians. But to truly be involved and connected to what God is trying to do. Thank you to mothers who are examples in worship. Thank you to mothers who are examples in prayer. Thank you to mothers who are faithful to the house of God. Thank you to mothers who keep your spirit right with God and right with your fellow believers. This sermon's not about me or my family, but I. I do want to thank my wife today for being such an amazing example for my daughters to pattern their lives after. Amen. You, If, if you're at this church very much, you know that I don't use this pulpit in this time to talk a lot about my wife and my family. I try not to make it about me and us as much as possible. But my wife is a tireless worker in the kingdom of God. And she loves souls and loves God's work. and And if you if you didn't watch the morning show this morning, uh, you can catch it on YouTube and Facebook, where where some of our sweet ladies were having a discussion about Sister Lillian Wilson, who for a long time was the pastor's wife of this church. And I and I want to thank the ladies that came on the show this morning for reminding us of a godly mother. And I also want to thank them for acknowledging Sister Pat Wilson and my wife as well, women who are examples and love God. And I also would be remiss if I didn't take a moment to thank my mother-in-law who is here visiting this weekend for loving me and my children and raising my wife to be useful in the kingdom of God. She didn't put a bunch of bitterness and hatred in my wife's heart. She didn't put a bunch of jealousy in my wife's heart. She taught her to love the work of God and to be faithful to the house of God. And for her and for every mother that's here that does likewise, I want to honor you and thank you. The Bible brings to us many examples of mothers who serve as positive or negative role models for how we ought to do or not do our lives. There is the godly mother of Christ who yielded herself to God's will and gave birth to the Messiah. Contrasted to her is an example like Lot's wife who loved the sinful, wicked world too much to not look back and left her daughter spiritually compromised. There is the godly mother Hannah who prayed for a son and then gave him to the Lord all the days of his life. And conversely, there's the wicked mother Herodias who encouraged her daughter to dance provocatively and use sensuality to get her will. My friends, the Bible is full of examples, both good and bad, for mothers and fathers. But today, I want to draw your attention to one of my favorite mothers in the Scripture. It is a melancholy story of a destitute widow and her passionate efforts to save her own children. It comes to us from the historical account of 2 Kings and the times of the great prophet Elisha. One of God's servants, an unnamed man who studied ministry under the prophet's tutelage had died. His premature death at a young age had forced his widow and their two young sons into complete financial destitution. There was apparently some significant debt that was left outstanding and in accordance with the laws and practices of their time, the creditor, the man to whom they owned money, was entitled to press their two sons into slavery until a time when it was appeared that the debt was settled. Their impressionment would be devastating to both a grieving mother and the children who had buried their father. The true value of a godly parent is not always obvious when things are going well. But they're revealed in times of difficulty and suffering. You find what someone's really made of when things are not going their way. And so from this godly mother we learn several valuable lessons And if you'll indulge me for just a little bit this morning, I'd like to bring them to you. We read in 2 Kings chapter number 4 and verse number 1, now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. The first lesson that cannot be overstated is this lady, this mother and her husband made serving God a priority in their lives. Her and her husband served the Lord. When parents build their lives around serving God, they provide a foundation in which miracles can happen. Because of how she and her husband had served God, she had a basis to go to the man of God with the request, you know my husband feared the Lord. You know we served God. You know the way that we love the Lord. And because of the way that they lived for God, she had a basis to go to the prophet and say, you know my husband loved God and now we need a miracle in this place. If you serve God with all your heart as a parent, You have a foundation that when you need God to work a miracle, you can step before God and say, God, you know we've served you. You know we've been faithful. You know we've loved you. And now we need a miracle. Amen. It's a lot better to go before God and say, God, we've served you all these years and now we need you to move. Than to come to God and say, God, I know I hadn't been what I'm supposed to be. I know I hadn't been faithful. I know I hadn't lived holy. I know I hadn't served you. But God, I need a miracle right now. I would rather live my life in such a way that when I need a miracle, I can say, God, I've been faithful. I've served you. I've loved you. I've given to you. And I've invested my life in the kingdom. As a parent, as a mother, the best thing you can do is live your life for God on a daily basis. That when something comes up in a moment, you don't have to repent for five years of what you've done. And you don't have to repent for what you did last night. You can say, God, I'm coming based on the way I've lived my life for you. God, help us to build a foundation of faithfulness to stand before God. And so in verse number 2, Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. This widow had something in her house that God could use. Amen. Amen. Too many people have things at home that they would have to hide if God was coming over. But this woman said, I don't have anything that you can't see. All I have is a pot of oil. In the Bible, oil is a symbol of the anointing of God. Oil was placed on the priests when they were called to serve. Oil was placed on the vessels and other implements when they were dedicated to God's work. It's one thing to have an anointing at church, but it takes a family to another level when a mother has an anointing at home as well as at church. It's one thing when a parent prays at church, but it takes a family to a whole other level when a parent prays at home too. Amen, I'm preaching to you today. There's one, it's one thing to be able to shout and talk in tongues at church and then go and scream and fight and cuss at home. Amen. Can I just preach to you a little bit from my heart? I don't have a whole lot for you today, but I do want to tell you that it matters how we live our Christian life at home. Anybody can walk to church with a suit and tie on and a Bible under their arm and act part for two or three hours a week. But what we have at home is really what makes the difference on if our children are going to be delivered or if they're going to be slaves. I want to take my anointing home with me. I want to have oil at home and at church. I want to have a move of God when I come to this place and worship God, but I don't want my house to be a war zone when I get home. Amen, I my wife and I I was, I was actually in a uh, meeting with someone back a, a few days before I went to Israel I was meeting with, with a, a young man and in the conversation we, we were having this conversation and and, uh, and and through the conversation I found out he, he mentioned how many disagreements they had and how many times they had they, they had these these and, I, and, I, and so they told me how many and I said, I said, is that a month? Is that every six months? They said, no, that's every week. And, and so I went home and I told my wife, I said, you sure are lucky to have me.
1: <laughs> I said, could you imagine having
0: that much contention in the house all the time? And She shook her head. She said, you're pretty lucky to have me too. <laughs> Amen. And, and, and thank God for that. Yes, sir. Praise Amen. the Lord. Can I tell you that it is important that we have oil at home, not just at church. It's important that we let the anointing of God not only baptize us when we're in the house of God, but let it govern how we act at home, too. I know you don't want to say amen. But not saying amen makes you look guilty. You ought to just say amen. God, I want an anointing at home, not just at church. I want your spirit to be flowing at my house. When I need a miracle to save my children, I don't want to have to overcome what happens behind closed doors at home to get my miracle. I don't want God to have to fight through what we deal with at home to save my children. When it comes to saving my family, God, help me take my anointing home, not just have it at church. I don't have anything but a pot of oil. God, I don't have to throw a whole bunch of stuff out of my house so you can work in my home. I don't have to sanitize everything. I remember one time, I, I, this was, Lord, it was probably almost 27, 28 years ago. I had a lady I'd been teaching a Bible study to. My wife and I would go over and teach a Bible study, and, and uh, sometimes we'd, I'd, I'd go over and I'd knock on the door. I'd knock on the door, and if she wasn't in the mood for a Bible study, you could hear the TV blaring in the background, and you could hear her saying, shh, shh, tell her kid, the little boy, shh, be quiet, be quiet, he's on the porch. If her TV wasn't so loud, she might have realized she wasn't practically yelling behind the door, shh, shh, knock a few times, turn around and leave, go back the next Saturday, knock again, and, uh. And then, and then sometimes, there was, there was one particular time I was knocking on the door, and uh, and it was one of those, shh, be quiet, be quiet. And then I, so I turned around, we were going back to the car, and I guess conviction got a hold of her heart, and uh, she said, come on, pastor, come on, I'm, I'm here, or not pastor, I wasn't pastor, I was youth pastor at the time. She said, she said, she said, I'm here, she said, give me just a minute to straighten some stuff up. And so I'm standing out there on the porch in a hot July. August, summer day, sweating, waiting for her to straighten some stuff up so we can have Bible study. If you ever get to the point where you need a miracle to save your family, you you don't want to have to stop and straighten a bunch of stuff up at home to get God to move. And I'm not talking about dishes and clothes. I'm talking about spiritual things. Amen. You you better make sure that you take your anointing home and let it cover in your house as well. Amen. Don't just be a church day Christian. Be a Monday and a Tuesday and a Thursday and a Friday and a Saturday Christian. God, let the anointing, let the oil of your anointing be in my house all the time. So when I need a miracle, it's already there. And all I got to do is call on God to move. And so then in verse number three, Then he said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. Go to your neighbors. Go to your associates. Go to the people that you spend time around. And borrow vessels. And not just a few. Get as many as you can get. This lady was surrounded by people who were willing to participate in helping her family be saved. Amen. What if her neighbors didn't care if her sons were saved or not? What if the people around her in her orbit, in her life, were not concerned with if her sons were saved or not? It's fine to have people in your lives that you have fun with and hang out with. But you better be sure you have people in your life who are willing to help you save your family. That when the rubber meets the road, they'll do whatever they gotta do to give you the resources necessary to save your children. It's fine to have friends at work and friends here and there, but you better have godly people in your life who are willing to participate when you need God to move who will come alongside you and say anything you need from me. If you need me to pray, if you need me to worship, if you need whatever you need from me, I'm invested in helping you save your children. Can I tell you something? There's some bad-spirited people who always have something negative to say about the church, but I'm thankful for everyone in this place that has prayed for my children and loved me and my wife and prayed for my daughters. When times were tough, you stood by us. When you could have walked away, you... and thank you for investing in my family. I'm glad to be surrounded. Some people can talk bad about God's work, but I'm thankful for everybody here that loves God Has there been some people talk bad about me? Yes, there has. But if you think I'm focusing on them, you're out of your mind. I'm thinking about you that hug me and say, thank you, Pastor. That shake my hand and say, I'm with you. It's time for some people to learn that you are invested in the kingdom of God together. Time to grow up. You better surround yourself with people who are willing to help you save your children. Let me tell you, Hollywood's not going to help you save your babies. Politicians aren't going to help you save your babies. Gossipers aren't going to help you save your babies. You better find somebody that when it's time to pray, they'll say, I'll pray with you. You better have neighbors that are willing to invest I want to tell all you young people something you look up at me I want to say thank you to you for being friends to my daughters I know they're not perfect I know you're not perfect either but thank you for staying with each other and praying for each other they're the most important people in 20 years from now they'll help you pray when nobody else will help you pray Will they always be perfect? No, they won't. Will they get on your nerves sometimes? Yes, they will. Will they do things that will not make you mad sometimes? Yes, they will. But you better be thankful that God has put people in your life yeah. who are willing to invest in helping you go to heaven. Yes, sir. Uh, amen. amen. JC, I fed you a lot of food over the last few years. Some of you liked and some of you didn't. Addison's somewhere around here. I saw her earlier. We fed her a lot of food, too. As we have, seems like all these kids. I told you one week, I think we bought eight gallons of chocolate milk. I changed the way I shop because of these young people. Because if I go to the store and buy $200 worth of groceries, they'll eat it by the end of the night. So I go every day and buy a little bit. When it's out, it's out. But thank you for coming over. You better surround yourself with people. That when you need a miracle. They'll say, if you need every vessel in my house, take it. If you need every bowl, every vase, every plate, every cup, every glass, every paper plate, every paper, whatever you need. I'm willing to give. What if she would have had neighbors that were not willing to say here. If you need this to save your children, I'll give everything I have to help you save your children. Thank God you better surround yourself with people who want your family to be saved. Amen. Brother well, and Sister Carson, I need you to pray for me right now because I'm about to say something that if somebody cuts it as a clip, I'm going to be in big trouble. One of my least favorite sayings. That I ever hear is when somebody tells someone to go to hell. That's That's one of the most vile things you can say. To actually wish somebody to be lost in a lake of fire for eternity over something silly and stupid is one of the dumbest things that anybody could ever say. I don't want anybody to go to hell. I don't want anybody to be lost. I want people in my life who want my family to be saved, who want my children to be saved. I want people who care enough that, Pastor, if you need me, I'm there. Brother, if you need me, I'm there. Sister, if you you better surround yourself with people who will help you go to heaven. You don't need people in your life that spread bitterness and discord. You don't need people in your life who spread hate and try to get you to live in ways that you shouldn't live. You don't need people in your life that try to get you to be unholy and unfaithful. You need people that'll say, I'll give you anything I can to help you be saved. God, that when they went looking for some place to live, they didn't go based on economy. They didn't go based on scenery. They didn't say, "I'm gonna live over there because that mountain's beautiful." I'm gonna go live over there because there's better jobs over there. I'm gonna go live over there because there's better there's better hobbies over there. They planted themselves in a place where there were people who were willing to help them save their children. I've watched people chase jobs all over the country, move their family states away, not even knowing if there's a good church in the area or not, to get a little bit better income. And then when it all shakes down, everyone in the family backslidden away from God because they didn't base their decisions where they went on who was willing to help them be saved. They based it only on natural, worldly things but this family planted themselves around neighbors who were willing to be invested in them saving their children. Second Kings 4 and 4, And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. A godly parent understands that miracles don't happen when your doors are open to the whole world the prophet said when you get home you got to close the doors the miracle happens behind closed doors thank God we've had lots of newer people over the last few years thank God for baptisms and new people coming in all the time thank God for it I love I love our new people coming in. And one of the main concerns that many of our new people are having is trying to get their family where it needs to be. They're concerned if if maybe all the years that I was in the world is going to be too much for me to overcome to save my children. I'm telling you this morning, don't give up. But always remember, That one part of being a miracle family is knowing that you can't just leave doors open all the time. There are some things in the world that you have to learn to close the door to. You can leave the door open, but you may not get the miracle when you need it. You can't have open doors and save your children too. There's sometimes you just have to say, okay, I'm done. I'm not going to go there anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm closing doors because my job is not to have the most fun I can have until I die. My job is to save my children. My job is not to have all the great experiences that I could have from this world, but my job is to get my boys and girls to heaven. And so if i got to close some doors to some activities and some things in the world to save my children, then that's what i got to do because when that door closes, the oil starts to flow, the anointing starts to move, and miracles start to happen. If you're struggling in some ways, there might be some doors you have to close hurry up 2 Kings 4 and 5 so she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out the last four words of verse number 5 I want you to say it with me and she poured out I want everybody to say it with me and she poured out say it one more time as loud as you can And she poured out. Those four words are some of the most important words in the Bible because it's one thing for the man of God to do his part. And it's another thing for God to do his part. But in the end, Mama, you've got to do your part too. All the preachers preaching and all of God's supernatural work it's all for naught if mama doesn't get her hands on the vessel and start to pour out the oil. You must be a participant in your own miracle. Let me say it again. You must be a participant in your own miracle. Let me say it one more time. Over here, you must be a mir- a participant In your miracle. Let me say it for over here. You must be a participant for your miracle. You can't say, okay, preacher, it's all up to you. And okay, God, it's all up to you. But I'm going to be a participant in my own family being saved. I got to be busy. I can't be a bystander only. Let me tell you, 99% of deliverance is repentance. Praise God. I've heard people pray, God deliver me, God deliver me. And the first thing they do when they walk out is pick up exactly what they're asking God to deliver them from. You've got to be a participant in your own miracle. God save my children. And then take them to ball practice when they're supposed to be at church. Well, glory. That's not in my notes. That one slipped out. You cannot be a bystander and expect a miracle in your family. You must be a participant. Those last four words, what if mama would have said, okay, the preacher did his part and God did his part. And so now I'm just going to stand here and wait for the oil to jump from that vessel to that one and that one and that one. I'm just going to stand back here and, and watch and see if God will do it. No, God had already touched it with his supernatural power and God had already spoken the word by the man of God. But if the mother doesn't get her hand on the vessel and start to pour out, the miracle never advances to another level. The main thing you've got to remember is you must be a participant in your own family's miracle. How you worship matters. How you pray matters. How you are faithful matters. What you do makes a difference. You need to be a participant. In your family miracle. Amen. I'm going. Verse 6. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Verse 7. then she came and told the man of God. And he said, go sell the oil, pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. By the time verse 7 comes along, God had already multiplied the oil from one vessel. It was poured into all the borrowed vessels. The oil had already, the miracle had already happened. All the vessels were already full. But this lady knew that she still needed a man of God in her life. That beyond the supernatural, she needed godly instruction on what to do next. Mama didn't need a miracle anymore, but she still needed direction. I've seen people take instruction when they were desperate for a miracle, but forget that they still need instruction and direction after the supernatural happens. Can I tell you, pastoring people who are desperate is easy. Pastoring people who are not desperate is one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. This woman watched the oil multiply before her very eyes. She watched one meager pot of oil turn into dozens of filled vessels all around her house. But she understood, I still need instruction in my life. Miracles without direction don't save your children. It takes more than the supernatural to save your family. Amen. Amen. Look, I'm Pentecostal. I like the supernatural. I would to God a cloud of glory would come down in this place. We'd all hit our face and miracles would happen. I, I wish to God that that would happen. But I'm going to tell you that if that never happens, we still need direction from the Word of God. You still need a man of God in your life. You still need preaching and pastoring and direction because it gives power to your miracle until she gets direction from the man of God. It's just a bunch of oily vessels sitting around the house. But when she gets direction from the word of God, she knows now I can sell it. And what I can sell, I can pay the debt, and then I can live. The next level of the miracle came by still knowing I need direction. Coming to a close. I read some, some alarming statistics not long ago. In one clinical study, it was found that in this particular, in this particular demographic, over 90% of parents reported that they were sometimes unable to deal effectively with their children's behavior. 90% of parents reported they were un- unable. Now, I think that number is pretty low. I'll allow a little bit of variance, but I'm gonna say 99.9% of parents have it sometimes felt that way. Another study said almost 50% of participating parents. We're dealing with severe anxiety. The same study also claimed that possibly as much as two-thirds of parents were clinically depressed. A different study said that almost 25% of parents reported anxiety and depression that were clinically significant. To put it plainly, in our times, parents are concerned that they're going to be able to raise their children properly. Let me ask, how many parents here have felt a high level of stress and anxiety about raising your children in the current world? Don't don't be shy. Raise your hand up high. All over the house. In a difficult economy, a difficult society and culture, in a difficult generation, can I raise godly children to be disciples? I will tell you this morning, on this Mother's Day of 2023, that beyond a shadow of a doubt, yes, you can. But you will not do it accidentally or without pushing yourself. Haggai the prophet in chapter 2 and verse number 9 said, The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of of hosts. The Bible says the latter house, the end time church will be glorious. There are people who subscribe to the end time church being anemic, dead, dry, barely surviving. But I choose to believe the Bible that it's going to be a glorious house and that God said, I will give peace. For this to be a glorious house, means that our children are going to be full of the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. I I appreciate it. Sister Gail, it might have been what you said this morning that that, that you knew that somehow that if you put the right stuff in your children, that God was going to make it it, it I'm paraphrasing a little bit but thank you for saying that because you're reaping the benefit of all those years. When Craig didn't want to get up and go to Sunday school, you brought brought him to Sunday school and you let people like Sister Kathy pour the Word of God into him. And now, as a man, he went through his struggles, but he's in the house of God raising his family to love God. I've come to tell you that God said that the glory of the latter house will be greater, and that he will bring peace. God wants a mama to walk out of here with peace, that God's going to make it all right, that God is for you. I, when I, I, normally, normally when I get up to preach, all these, they have all these notes of, with song words and all these things that mean something to them but nothing to me like E2 and G number sign and all that stuff. And, and it, doesn't mean, it doesn't mean anything to me. But they normally don't leave it up on the pulpit. But when I got up to the pulpit, it was say it was laying there. And God knew that before I got up here, I thought, man, I wish I could remember the words of that song they just sang. And I knew, I knew good and well, I wouldn't remember it. But here is what it says: that God left me a reminder because He knows, He knows where my brain is. Here's what it says: He is for you. 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 That was bridge four. Let me read what bridge five says. He is for you. He is for you. Man, this songwriter was creative. He is for you. 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 I've come to tell you, Mama, God is for you. I've come to tell you, Daddy, God is for you. I've come to tell you, families, God is for you. God wants you to raise godly children. He's on your side. Thank God. Thank God this songwriter got stuck on that phrase because God knew somebody in this place, some mama that's doing the best she can to try to raise her children to love God. You needed him to remind you this morning, you're not on your own. It's not you against the world. It's not you all by yourself. God is for you. God is for you. He wants to speak peace into this place. God, send peace to some mama's heart. God, send peace to some daddy's heart today. He is for you. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shoot. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Why don't you just lift your hands to heaven? And why don't you let the peace of God touch you today? He said, the glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. God, your word said you'd give peace. So I'm asking you to give it in this place this morning. Give peace to some daddy that worries himself to sleep every night. Give peace to some mother that she wrings her hands wondering, how am I going to make it? How am I going to raise I'm going to tell you you're going to make it because God is for you. He's not a gift. While the initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost, Brother Ethan, come on, if you don't come, I'll forget to quit. While the initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 was still white hot on the Apostle Peter. He opened his mouth and he spoke the word of God in Acts 2 and 17, and it shall come to pass in the last days. Can I Can I go ahead and, and, and ask if part of your anxiety as a parent is that you know we're living in the last days and you know enough about what the book of Revelation says to know that terrible times are coming on. This. Is that part of what's bringing? If, if it is, just wave your hand at me. It'll help me feel like I'm not crazy. There's a few hands. That's part of the anxiety is that we know we're in the last days and the, and the enemy's doing all he can and, he's, and hell is unleashing everything it can. But here's what Peter, under the anointing of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, said, it shall come to pass in the last days. Look at somebody and say, the last days. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions I wonder if God anointed the apostle Peter to reach all the way back to the prophet. Go back a few hundred years. Bring it to the day of Pentecost. And then cast it all the way forward into the last days. And say, Mom and Dad, when it looks like the world's falling apart all around you, just remember this, that in the last days, your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. With the world crumbling around the church, With society failing in every quarter. In the spirit of the Lord. Your sons and daughters. Are not going to be out there shooting dope. They're not going to be out there fornicating and doing all kinds of stuff. But if you'll be full of the Holy Ghost. And you'll keep them full of the Holy Ghost. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. They'll hear and speak the word of God and your young men shall see visions. That doesn't sound to me like a family that's lost its children to the world. Mom and dad, mama on Mother's Day and every parent in this place, God has given you a promise That in these last days, you can raise your children to be used by the Holy Ghost. But you've got to be a spirit-filled, spirit-led, spirit-baptized parent to produce spirit-filled, spirit-led, and spirit-baptized children. Sure, they're waiting on me. I'm not waiting on them. But I've come to tell some moms and dads there are some things that you must do. Qualities. I should have just put qualities of a godly parent. qualities of a godly mother. But in prayer last night, I asked the Lord, I have family over, we're getting ready for Ellie's graduation tonight, but I put—I got myself alone in my bedroom, and I began to ask God to speak this morning. And one of the things, right before I went that I ask God to do, I ask God, Lord, give peace to parents tomorrow morning. And so, we'll open the altar up for everybody. And I'll tell you that as eyes are closed all over this place, if you've not repented of your sins, whether you're a parent or you're not, but especially if you're a parent, you need to repent. And if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to get baptized this morning. You need to let the Holy Ghost come on you today. It is essential for you to raise godly children, for you to be a godly parent. you to be embarrassed but if you've dealt with that at all i want you to step out and make your way to the altar come as close as you can it doesn't matter if you're 80 or if you're 18. if you've dealt with that stress that anxiety god how am i going to do it am i going to be able to help my children Am i going to be able to reach my children true calling is to make disciples of your children. Parents are coming from all over this place. Don't, don't be shy. Just keep on coming. It's not a setup. I'm not going to try to get you to buy Tupperware or or something. And this isn't only for our church folks. If you're a guest, you're welcome. I promise we're not going to throw tongue-talking dust on you. You We don't have some magic potion or something. But if you're dealing with anxiety as a parent about your children, different stages of parenthood, some with small ones and some with grown children, some whose children are all in church and some whose children are away, but God, I know that you want to speak peace and promise into these men and women's hearts today. I'm asking you, God, for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost on these moms and dads. An anointing from heaven that comes upon them. Come on, help me pray. Be a participant in your own miracle. God, give them wisdom and direction and anointing. God, pour your spirit out on mom and dad let it spill over onto their sons and daughters. Let an anointing of your grace and mercy flood these moms and dads. In a world that's so quick to pronounce judgment, God, I pray for mercy and I pray for grace. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, to anoint these moms and dads with divine grace and wisdom. Come on, can you lift your hands towards these moms and dads? And can you help me pray? Maybe somebody wants to just come and partner. Maybe you got a family member up here. Maybe you got a parent up here or a child. And you just want to come and stand with them. God's grace is sufficient. God's word is true. Bible is right and God will do what he said he would do come on let's pray all over this God I pray that the gift of faith would operate here God that in this altar you would speak divine words of your wisdom and grace God your help for these moms and dads in a wicked and perverse generation you promised God that you would pour your spirit out in the last days and so God grant moms and dads the grace to reach their own children like Rizpah of old that would beat the vultures away from her sons let these moms and dads be red hot coals of revival full of the Holy Ghost full of the spirit full of the power of God, full of grace and wisdom. In the name of Jesus, you can do it. God, touch these single mothers who are bringing their children to church. Maybe some of you older mothers could come up behind some of these single moms who are trying to raise their children and just put your hand on their back and let them know they're not alone. We're with you. You've got neighbors that will give you vessels if we need to. You're not by yourself. You're not on your own. God because He's for you. Let it become an anthem from your soul that God is on my side. I'm not by myself. I'm not on my own. But God is with me. turn to your seat can you give our children's department a great welcome on this Mother's Day let's let them know how much we're excited to have them here in Big Church with us this morning Give our kids choir one more hand.
1: Praise God! If I could have just a couple young men come up to the front with me.
0: Amen. As they're being dismissed, if I could have just a couple young men join me here at the front, we want to go ahead and take the opportunity to give out our, our gifts for all of our mothers this morning. do is we're going to have our young men stand across the front here and as we're dismissing you this morning all of our mothers can come and grab your gifts. Um, just one announcement before we dismiss. I want to, I want to also mention that don't, let's not forget about six o'clock service tonight as we, as we come and have our graduation ceremony and um, I'm thankful for the, the service that we had this morning but let's give our mothers one more hand clap and we're thankful for them today as we're being dismissed this morning. Don't forget to grab your gifts on the way out, Mother. We thank you. You can be dismissed in the name of Jesus.